0: The opportunity was there to do my master's in HR at Sun and Journey, fully funded. I mean, that that doesn't happen, does it? Fully funded, and they paid me £100 a week to do it. So this is obviously like 20 years ago. So I thought, actually, why not give it a go? So so I moved out of home, moved in with my boyfriend, who's now husband, um, and thought, right, let's just, you know, my costs are limited. Let's just give it a go.
1: Hi, and welcome to Umicast, a podcast about business and entrepreneurship. At UMI, we make it easier for businesses to do more and go further by finding and packaging the best information, expertise, and finance, so you can make better business decisions more quickly. This conversation is with HR expert and entrepreneur Louise Kennedy. After many years working in big industries and corporate life as a HR professional, Louise decided to take the leap and start her own business. You'll hear where she finally decides on that and where the name of her business, Oculus HR comes from, which is quite unusual. Louise shares with us her passion for all things people, as well as her journey so far in business, not least of which how she's managed year on year growth and her own personal resilience. Louise is very modest about her achievements as she often refers to being fortunate, but it's clear that whilst we all benefit from a bit of good luck, much of her achievements to date are down to her passion for a profession, determination to succeed, and to do that ethically. And of course, if you're thinking about how best to attract and develop talent within your business, then you should really listen to what Louise has to say. So this is the HR professional turned entrepreneur Louise Kennedy. Well, hi, Louise. Uh, lovely to have you here and um, thanks ever so much for taking the time to share your story. Yeah, thank with, you very much for having uh, me. look forward to chatting through with you as well. Brilliant. Um, and I'm absolutely certain from what I know so far, all of our UMI listeners are going to really benefit from your story and your insights and your top tips. Let's talk? so. <laughs> um, I guess where I'd like to start, I suppose, in the old cliche is at the beginning. And um, what were you doing before you started uh, Oculus HR as you own and have, have set up today? What were you doing before that?
0: So, I originally worked in manufacturing. So, the, the, the job just before, um, I worked on site at Nissan for a T1 supplier. So, it was kind of very much just in time technology um, and way of working and in mannerism as well. So, we, um, well, we were there for the life cycle of the vehicle. So, prior to that, I'd done my degree, I'd went and uh, went worked for a couple of years, then went back into my master's in HR, and then went into manufacturing base. But, um, but this was kind of the real kind of full experience of hr it was because it was automotive it was fast it was busy it was we had two sites we had french owners so we very much had the operational day-to-day side of things that took place what well, the strategic side of things that came from france so the demands that were coming from a french organization so and it was a completely mixed team we had people from all over the world that were working within the team as well so there were so many learning experiences from it but we had really a seven and a half year cycle that were there that was there and um, had about 150 staff. So when it was coming to the end of that time, kind of thinking what, what happens next? You know, you've been here, you've learned so much, what what do you do? And I'd always kind of had in the back of my mind that I wanted to do something around HR consultancy, not really known what mm-hmm. it was or how it would work and and I think it was very it was very insular because of where I was, and you were we were in a port cabin in the middle of the Nissan site. You know, we didn't see wow. daylight during the during the winter. You know, it was Friday <laughs> afternoon, finished at half two, and we're like, "There's the sun," you know. So we could see that, but that would be the only time. And then it was hard. You know, I had two young kids at that point, and you're kind of thinking, "Do you need a bit more flexibility in life?" Or, so. Um, I thought actually I'm just gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm gonna I'm gonna see what it is and give it a shot. And there's so many businesses that must need some help, but I didn't really know have a clue what that was or what that would look like or how it would feel or how you would get in contact with people. So towards obviously I knew it was closing before everybody else knew it was closing, so I kind of had the opportunity to start to start planning through. Um, so I remember it was my husband's 40th birthday, it's his 50th in January, so it was his 40th birthday, and I remember going to Rome and that was where I kind of brought it up to go do you think what do you think um about you know being self-employed and kind of to to take yeah. in that leap and and that was a good opportunity that we, we had the conversation and that actually is where the name comes from so when we're in Rome we're in the Pantheon and the Pantheon's got a big oculus a big circular opening in the oh, roof wow. and the sun was shining it was a freezing cold day into January and the sun was shining through so the light was shining through the middle of it still gives me goosebumps actually so the light was shining through and that was where we came up with oculus oculus wow. hr
1: what a, great so a nice story, story
0: behind it. Um, so really, that was like a year. Well, the, the site was closing in the end of the, the December, so I had really a year in advance. But give me the opportunity to really. Start learning what I want to do, how I want to do it, and what I was, what what would the colors be? What would be the brand? What would be the the business, you know, how would it? So I went and did some work with the BIC, and the Business Innovation Center, um, and they helped me build a business plan, which was the first thing. And actually it's different, isn't it? You think that actually you're gonna go out there and provide HR services, I'm good at what I do. But you don't think about running a business you know running a business is completely different you don't need to think about brands or it or the finances or getting paid or you know so all the other things so that kind of really put a lot of context in there for me to be able to, to be able to help move through so that was kind of the the crux of why it started wow. um and then it really which sounds very very corny but it was really like stepping out into the light because it was we were in this quarter Cabinet it was always dark mm-hmm. we finished in the december I officially finished the end of January and I think I'd got my first client in the October. Mm-hmm. So I'd kinda of start promoting the services. So I just did a couple of little pieces of work. But that whole panic of oh, what can I charge somebody? What should I do? Is that is that right? You know, that whole that yep. whole thing is still very fresh and we're coming up ten years next year, but I can still remember those moments of of what to do. So yeah, so it was then diving on in to to give it a go and setting it up.
1: Wow. Yeah what a great it sounds like a real roller coaster, transitioning from Quite a structured kind of corporate life. Yeah. That's full on and busy in a whole different way. Into running your own business. It's complete. And, and how did, you did think you? I made 150
0: people redundant at the same time? Okay. <laughs> so you'd been so, through that it, kind of I emotional. With, yeah. So uh, I sat with each individual person, did two consultation meets with each person, all the letters, all the documentation. Wow. And then we're setting my business up and running, like starting to run it and working out what to do. So that that was a so massive difference. Tell us difference. a little
1: bit about how you made that transition personally from kind of corporate life, structure, loads of different cultures to deal with, all of that challenge around, um, you know, quite significant redundancies, then having to get yourself into that sort of optimistic, energised mindset of starting a new business. How, how did you manage that transition? Well, I, th- I think it was just a bit of a
0: if you want to do it, you've got to make it work. And I think someone said to me very early days, it's not going to be easy. And if it was easy, everybody would do it. And that's been something that stuck all the way through because actually, it wasn't easy. And I had two houses, two cars, two kids, a husband. You couldn't afford for me not to work, you know. Sure. So, so the driver was very much there. That what was our minimum that we could live on. Obviously, I walked away with a settlement agreement, so I had kind of, you know, some money in the bank there, which would last me about eight months, eight nine months. But it was still that the driver was there that I had to earn money, you know. So you had to have the enthusiasm. So I networked. We've just uh-huh. went to network before we came on. But I networked and I went out right. and I met people. And But even that concept, I mean, networking, it's difficult, isn't it? You know, if you it don't is. know what you're doing and never done it before. I remember going to a first networking meeting and thinking, what on earth am I doing? Like, how am I going to do it? But Mm -hmm. as you say, that drive to kind of keep on doing it because because it was a desire and it was a want and it was something that kind of internally I thought, actually, no, I can make this work. I can, and I'm going to give it a really good go. You know, kind of set aside a year period to give it that good go and just had to try. And there was opportunities that came along where actually... I had to go and do... Um, I did some work with British Engines for, um, you know, maybe it's about 15 hours a week. I think it was 15, 20 hours a week, doing that alongside running the business because right. actually I needed that regularity. And it was just short-term contract, but I needed that regularity of money coming through. So you, you then make your sacrifices where, I suppose I was a bit foot in both camps. You know, you're still doing a little bit of corporate. You're then doing the small yeah. business. And, um and then it was really just opportunities that came along. You create the opportunities, but opportunities that came along. You know, somebody, somebody else knows, and um, and the lessons that you learn along the way. You know, kind of making sure that you don't have all your eggs in one basket mm-hmm. um, was kind of quite a, an early lesson as well, and um, and how you price and how you structure. You know, there was so much of it that mm-hmm. that was that was so great to learn at those early days, and and that you still reflect back on to... To think about so so yes that step from corporate probably gone off track really but the step from corporate to to personal I think it I had to come down to being the driver I think I probably felt a bit steadier way I was very comfortable I was very I knew what I was doing you know I wasn't particularly challenged anymore but you had that security to going into the kind of that unsecure area was was big but it was but it was worth the challenge you know it was kind of something that was I could. I knew I could do, yeah. um, so it was kind of pushing that challenge element of it. I think.
1: And you mentioned that you got some great help from the Northeast uh, BIC Business Innovation Centre. Yeah. And um, in terms of, so that was kind of the practical, professional help around uh, writing the business plan, setting the business up, etc. Yeah. What about people? You mentioned networking there, but were you on? We did you do all this on your own? I yeah, mean, I had, yeah. literally. So you're out on your own. I was on your own. What, what kind of did you have a support network of people, or not, not t- initially? Because right. obviously, because because I didn't know anybody that had their own business.
0: Right. You know, I didn't I didn't know anybody. I mean, and you meet some amazing people as you go along the way, um, and people who. Just a, a couple of great stories. So someone who I'd made a connection with through the kids at school, and this lady um, Natasha had messaged me and said, um, "You know, the kids go to the same school, so we clicked on LinkedIn." Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I was actually put about a year in, and the BIC had asked me to go and do a talk, you know, like with the oh, okay. audience of people. Yeah. So and actually, this lady Natasha turned up, and she was at the point she'd been made redundant. She worked in marketing, and she'd been made redundant. She came over and introduced herself. Now. We're really, really good friends. You know, one of my best friends and just lives local. Brilliant. But it's, it's that development of the relationships, waiting can ring up and go, What what is going on? How can I do this? How is this going to happen? And and we've needed that support. You know, she then went on to set a business up and she's got a successful business there now as well. So that, that element of support that we've been able to give to each other. But you open those circles up so you kind of develop that support. And, and it's difficult because... You know, my group of friends haven't got their own businesses. You know, they—they they, a lot of them work within kind of um, medical trade and, mm-hmm. you know, completely different. So actually, those people aren't particularly interested in talking, we don't, I don't particularly talk to them about what they do at yeah. work and they don't particularly talk to me. So to be able to inevitably find that support mechanism is really good because at that point, you're very much... You were doing the social media, you were going out to the network and you were doing the HR side of things, you were delivering, you wanted your computer to work, you needed to finance people. You were doing everything and you had so many different hats on. And and it was also very different because obviously then I was I was around the house, you know, as Mm -hmm. in so then I was having to take the kids to school and then bring them back and then you know, they had after school things and so it became a very different life to what I'd had before, but kind of very, very busy, you know, kind of twenty four seven thinking continuously which doesn't change 10 years in
1: (laughs) no i i would concur with that and and also i was chatting to somebody actually earlier today about um when times get tough or you know you feel like you're a bit stuck in the mud and you don't know how to how to get out of it it's really important to have those networks yeah. because people drag you out of the day job and help and it helps you see a little bit more clearly. It does. And if you don't have those well established, the danger is you just stay in amongst it all the time and you can't take that step back and you can't figure out how you're gonna get, you mm-hmm. know, through the murky, smelly, horrible stuff. So I completely agree in terms yeah. of the importance of those networks and friendships.
0: Yeah, and I think I think and that does make a difference. It is somebody that you need to pick up the phone to be able to say it what can I do? Really like, I just, I just, I'm really struggling. Yeah. And, and sometimes, you know, sometimes you lose your mojo, don't you? you know, sometimes yeah. you're not kind of quite with it. And just to be able to have someone to be able to bounce ideas off and say, what about this? Or would this work? And, you know, they're, they're just invaluable because they just they make you kind of, right, OK, get yourself pulled back together and kind of go on again because you can't always work on... all the time because there's so many things that go on but it's so that support network is is just unbelievable and and it's nice to have a few different people that you've met along the way as well to be able to just in different sectors you know kind of people that work closely with people that you don't work as closely with or don't have a work connection with but you've just formed a really good
1: bond with as well Mm -hmm. so yeah brilliant absolutely brilliant. So did you tap into um, any kind of formal networks are there any networks or organisations that you'd particularly recommend from that perspective? Well, those early days, I went to everything. I mean, <laughs>
0: everything. <laughs> and I went to everything. You could have you could have your full meals out. You could have <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and tea, um, <laughs> and have a glass of wine at the end of the night. And um, so you could do it all. Um, but now I've kind of obviously, you know, times so times are busier. You kind of need to focus a little bit more. So I do. Um, I'm based in Sunderland, so I do the Sunderland in business, which is part of the Sunderland Football Club. Right. That's a really good one because a lot of the bigger businesses like my my target market so to speak go to go to that event and um, then there's a Sunderland business partnership as well which I'm actually a director on the board of as well and um, and they're they're really good because they have great events and they have them around the city so they move them around and they've just done a great business festival for I think it was three days I think they did it across but they had had different people speaking like Irene Hayes was speaking the football club was speaking football 73 you know so they had great events Mm -hmm. that were on in different locations so it was great for people to showcase Sunderland Um, and then I've just recently joined the entrepreneurs forum as well uh, which is good just different again different people different circumstances and it was quite nice there was a conference a couple of weeks ago Mm -hmm. went along and it's nice to be in the room and go, oh, hi, you know, and you know different yeah. people that are in, the, in that room as well, which even five years ago, you probably wouldn't have been in that situation. So it's lovely to be in a situation where you know people when you go to these events and again, great opportunities for catch-ups for them as well. So yeah. they're the three main ones that I do at the moment because I think you just need to target your time a little bit more. There's opposed to do everything, isn't
1: it? Yeah, you can only spread yourself so, so thinly, thinly for, yeah. for so long, can't you? Yeah, definitely. So on that, you know, it, it sounds like it's just been a tremendous journey from the from start-up, but have there been challenges along the way and and, and what were there? Um I think uh, there certainly has been challenges along the way. I think
0: it's about trying to take it in your stride, isn't it, and not let things upset you or affect you too much. And and that's easier said than done, obviously, when you come across the situations. And I think, um, I mean, COVID for us was obviously huge. Not, not that I want to go on go COVID, but it was huge because... Kind of you know that that night that it was announced on tv we had all of our clients not knowing what to do with all of yeah, their employees sure. so actually for those you know when the points when most people were then sent home
1: yeah we all phone was off were, the hook we were literally <laughs> for,
0: and and at that point there was myself and deb and um, both doing the hr consultancy part and the other two people we furloughed and we literally were on the phone, like 13, 14 hours a day, mm. one phone call, next phone call. And it was about what to do, how to do it, what conversations to have. So, so that, that was really challenging from a demand of business point of view of what we needed to do. And then we really saw the business change fundamentally of how our clients were interacting. So a lot of our work before had been very reactional. So people then became... A little bit want to be a little bit more proactive, you know, mm-hmm. like actually we want to get our things together. We want to make sure that we're kind of in the right place. Obviously, we did lots of redundancies at that point, but more performance management than we ever did before. You know, so the the structure of what people wanted from a business and their their employees changed. So, um, so really that we would have really done a lot of more of like disciplinaries and attendance things and that's really turned a lot more into your performance management. And your griev- grievances are like off the scale at the moment in all sorts of sectors and businesses. Right. Um because people feel more comfortable and have got different expectations. So so business you know has changed by the yeah. nature of what the of what's been required really.
1: Yeah.
0: Um so that's been a challenging and, and I think really from a, a challenge point of view of of how to deal with certain things at certain times, isn't it? I mean, I remember, I remember one story from a few years back. This is only something small, but um, somebody had, um, would dismiss some. Would dis, I'm, look, I'm giggling. I shouldn't giggle. So we dismissed somebody who was a, a social um a software developer. Right. And um, we were actually up for an award at the, at that particular time. Uh-huh. And um, and he, he hacked into our website and made it into our, um. Wow. Selling women in Sunderland. Oh gosh. <laughs> For services, and um, and it was the same day. This all happened on the same day that we were shortlisted for the award night. And, you know, when you go wow. into panic mode of like, yeah,
1: sure. oh my
0: word, what what actually are we going to do? What happens if people see us on that screen being uh-huh. shortlisted and then go and look on our website? So at that point, it was you, you go into these panic modes of yes, only that particular one only short term, but you have that panic mode of thinking. What do I do next? Like, I need to take the website down, you know, mm-hmm. and that's not really what I want to do when we're, we're being shortlisted for an award. Indeed. You know, so kind of things like that, challenges kind of come to, continuously come along, but we've been, otherwise, we've been obviously, you know, staffing bits and pieces, but we've been very fortunate of, um, I suppose, being pragmatic about the approaches that we've taken, that I've taken with things and thought about what the right steps are and try to gauge an opinion of how it takes place. Because I think inevitably you, you think in one particular train of thought and you continue on that particular track and it's only when someone goes, well, have you thought about that? And you think, no, didn't think about that at all, actually. Sure. Yeah, that's, yeah. you know, so it's sometimes you just need that extra input into it. So, so yes, there's been challenges along the way, without a doubt.
1: Wow. Without a yeah. yeah. And as a uh, founder and a leader, um, I guess your expertise and experience in HR must give you a real kind of, a uh, good starting point in terms of getting the most out of your business, but your ability to connect with people. Also, even from a sales perspective, you know your understanding and ability of, uh, to connect with people. But what got you into HR in the first place? I'm interested in well, why uh, why HR, and it's clearly such a passion that you've gone and started your own business. Yeah, it? and and I genuinely love what I do. Generally. You can tell. You <laughs> can generally. tell.
0: But even even the things that come across as challenges, you know, on a day to day basis. I love the interaction, I love thinking about it. I love the thought process that goes into well, what we're we gonna do with that and if we did this and if we did that then how would we get the, the outcome that we want? So so, for me, I'd, I'd studied at Sun and Duny and I did a technology degree. Absolutely used to technology, but I passed it. You <laughs> um, <laughs> got, got a Bachelor of Science, I so, a 2 1, I think. Um, and then I went off to work, but really not knowing what I wanted to do. I was sure. a bit lost off. And I mentioned my friends are all kind of, got a couple that are nurses and um, some that work in dental. And I, at that point, I remember thinking a couple of years that I went to work for Dyson actually as a, um, like a sales trainer and mm-hmm. um, going around all the different stores and things. That was initially what I'd done. And I remember thinking, well, they're all trained to be something and I'm not something, you know, like. Mm -hmm. So I'd moved away for a little bit and did some recruitment um, and then came back to a little bit more recruitment. And then um, the opportunity was there to do my master's in HR at Sun and Journey, fully funded. I mean, that that doesn't happen, does it? Uh Fully funded. And they paid me £100 a week to do it. So this is obviously like 20 years ago. Uh So I thought, actually... Why not give it a go? So, so, I moved out of home, moved in with my boyfriend, who's now husband, um, and thought, right, let's just, you know, my costs are limited, let's just give it a go. So, I was fortunate to be able to start that in the September, and then in the January, I managed to get a part-time HR role in standalone position in a printing company through in, um, South, in North Wales. So, I was kind of I had a, I had a little bit of work experience, so I just I just enjoyed it. I just enjoyed the ideas behind it and what you could do and very much about what's morally and ethically right from from an employer and an employee point of view mm-hmm. you know I, I, I think one of the things and, and not without trying to sound like a cliche one of the things is you want to ensure that people are treated right mm-hmm. you know and if we can influence sure. the employer to make sure that that's done correctly and, and don't get me wrong if the employee's done wrong as in if they've been I don't know we do dismissals for all sorts of different things but you know I'm, I'm mm-hmm. 100% I, I genuinely don't mind doing a dismissal because if someone's done something wrong from a disciplinary point of view then that's that's the outcome because it's morally what should or shouldn't be done so that's that's kind of the core the core basis of the business is about being moral the moral and the ethical aspect of what we do and to be able to help other people whether it's an employer or an employee to be able to make sure it's done right I think
1: yeah Wow. And you mentioned previously that uh, during the pandemic, as a result of the pandemic, if you like, um, behaviours have changed, expectations have changed. Um, And certainly we know from our customers, uh, because we are constantly kind of surveying them in terms of where the pain points are, where the opportunities are. And one of the highest issues that our customers have at the moment is around not just finding people now but keeping people yeah um and uh one of the things i just wanted to ask for your sort of views on is what would your advice be to you know you you're kind of small business maybe employing 10 to 20 people their salary bills going up because the labor market is so competitive what other things should they be thinking about in terms of retaining their their teams i think it's
0: I think the probably starting point of that is the recruitment market is so difficult, as in, you know, I think I think it's very much changed around. Candidates now have the choice of the employer as opposed to the employer of the, the candidate. Mm. So I think the candidates are going to view, you know, several different employers, and I think they're making the decision I think years gone by it was the other way around it was mm-hmm. so I think that's that's been a massive change and I think you' therefore in need to become or try to be the employer of choice I mm-hmm. think you need to do something whereby you bring in, you're attracting the right people in that fit with your culture now I do believe that a lot of businesses don't necessarily understand what their own culture is and you're smiling there and it's it's a very it, it's such a prominent part so one of the things that um we've been working with in in some of our businesses is really who are you what do, what do you stand for kind of and, and be able to make sure that that story from the very beginning so when you're um, putting together say something like a recruitment pack um, which is really about your culture who are you what, who are your customers what is that you're trying to, trying to provide what 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 do your employees kind of you know look feel like from the point of view of what they're delivering and mm. Putting that information together as part of a pack and then backfilling it with your job descriptions and person spec and to be able to advertise that so people know actually that oh that's great, you know, that they understand more about the business they're getting engaged with. Then it follows through that actually when you're doing your interviews, like you've got some values to be able to, and val- values and culture to be able to go against really. So then you've got something to really assess them around properly. Then once they come into the business, ensuring the information you've got in your recruitment pack is in your handbook, what we like to call it as a culture book, that it's mirroring the information mm-hmm. that's in there. And then that follows through within, you know, your job descriptions, make sure it's in your person specs, it's in your um, succession plan, it's in your training plans, making sure that, that people are aware, it, right? It's a part of your appraisal system, your performance management, because then, that, because you're being true about what you are, you're being very transparent and people have bought what you were at the beginning and you actually want people to buy into that long term. Mm. So I think that's been quite a big thing we've worked on and actually um, we're, we're just doing some podcasts at the minute and the next one that's been released is with um, a lady called Sam Spowers from Talent Heads and, and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about that cultural element of... Um, what they do about how the recruitment the recruitment element of because they work as an internal team to businesses to be able to help and provide support to them right. to be able to take them through the understanding of who they are so that the attraction isn't just a bum on a seat it's literally get the right person that fits so I think it's I think the other change that's very much come is around getting those cultural elements right so you can recruit based on a culture not necessarily always about the skills that are there people who can grow the skills and then develop them from there as well
1: Yeah, it's I think um, I'm an absolute passionate believer in um, the importance of developing a very clear culture. Um, And I don't think I would have said this, you know, 10, 15 years ago, but I've really come uh, to value Um, culture and the importance that it has to play and I can't quite remember what the phrase is now, but lots of people talk about, you know, strategy is meaningless. Culture is everything now in terms of uh, running and, and planning your business. And, um, but you want your people to buy into that as well, don't you? So this is it, and and I think the words that you mentioned there, in terms of things like honesty and transparency and being true, what you stand for and why somebody would want to come and work for you, I think in this day and age is really really important. Yeah, uh, and people have got more choice, and that's the bit where yeah. so actually you've got to be the as the as
0: the employer, you've got to be where someone wants to be working, you know, because otherwise if it's just a fill, I think is it um it's a big American company, and. Um, is that, is that possible? I think it yeah. might be yeah mm-hmm. and I think they um, I heard this a few years ago I don't know whether they still do it or not but they would bring people in and they'd have over the course of the month or the first two months they'd have a conversation with them at the end of that time saying do you want to stay or do you want to go yeah. actually if you want to go there's some money to leave yeah you know so that, so that actually the people bus, yeah. yeah so that so that, and I love I love that idea actually and mm-hmm. I know we can't all afford to do that but I love that idea that actually if this isn't the right environment for you please feel free to leave you don't have to stay mm-hmm. you don't you don't because actually what you do end up getting is one or two people that are negative can make such a massive impact upon the team you know the negativity or kind of you know yeah. the, the yeah, just the, the general negativity that somebody can can impact once they start talking on everybody um so I think that's a really great idea that they can do it so it's about getting people to buy into it and and talk on the talk again, or the cliche already, but talk on the talk. And it's not just about having a sign on a wall. It's about kind of, you know, making sure the actions are taking place within it as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, now we, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, talking the, the talk and so on and so forth. Um, Clearly, the business has gone from strength to strength. I mean, you've been featured in a number of uh, publications. Yeah, we have I recently. think Business Matters, Northeast Times, talking yeah. all about the growth of the business and so on. What I'm interested in, in understanding is, is, how have you done that? What's, what's, what's driven it? You know, is it about product and service development? Is it just about winning more customers? How have you actually driven that growth forward? Uh, we've, we've been very fortunate that
0: year on year we've grown continuously. There hasn't been a year that we've stabilised, so we've, we've, we've always had continuous growth. Um, and the last year was kind of, I think it was just shy of 40% that we, that we grew again. Um, and wow. this year growth is, is probably more than that. Um, so we're kind of we're on a... An, in a very fortunate position that we've kind of created.
1: Well, it sounds like you've worked hard for yeah. it. It's not just good fortune. <laughs> no.
0: And actually somebody, a friend of mine referred me to somebody the other day and I went back and said, thanks very much, obviously that, that piece of work came off. And he said, I know the effort and the time that you put into your business and how passionate you are. So I wouldn't not refer you. Mm-hmm. So I think I think when you've got the drive and the passion behind it, and I think I think we'll provide such a personal service. So our our kind of direct team that go out to, to work with the customers, People know they can get in touch with us. They know that they, if they speak to me, Deb or Claire, they know that they can continue the conversation with any of us. We we generally try and keep up to date on things. So so we've back to that honesty side of thing. We've been very honest with people, and we always say we always ask about what to, someone wants an outcome and how do we work that back. You know, kind of what 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 is it that you want us to deliver? And we we always tell people what the risks are. So we're very fortunate that actually in all of these years. Um, there's only ever been one situation in 25 years that's gone to a tribunal so to have that from a HR point of view mm-hmm. so you know that that's kind of an amazing achievement from that point so so from a growth point of view we've just a lot of it's been referral I mean we do we do obviously kind of, um, you know, kind of put ourselves out, you know, kind of just to just to keep our profile raised more than anything else to people that know that you're there. Mm-hmm. But a lot of our work still comes from, oh, I do work with such and such, and I always ask where they've found our name from. handful come from kind of online, from the internet, but a majority of it comes from a referral base. So we're, so we're very fortunate. So I mean, funny, one a few weeks ago, one of our clients, who's been a client for years, said, oh, do you want to come to the races? I was like... Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, we'll go along the races. So I'd said to my husband, do you want to come to the races? And um, so went along to Sedgefield and went to the races. Mm-hmm. And by the time I walked in, he'd obviously said, oh, I'm bringing my brother along, he works somewhere else, I think he probably wants to use you. By the time I'd walked in and sat down at the table, it was kind of full on, oh yeah, okay, so we've got this, and we've actually <laughs> we've actually got, I think it was about five or 600 employees they've got. Right. And I was like, you know what do you think? Oh, how did that happen you know yeah. where did that all come from and that's turned into a you know a great new client for us and you know a kind of w- with a lot of potential growth that's in there as well so so those opportunities kind of do come along but it's because we're there we you know we turn up we are transparent we talk to people and and people like what we do so yeah. I think we've been we've been fortunate enough and and the team we've got that I've got working with us are kind of they, they've all the so there's myself, there's Claire and there's Deb. Deb's been with me for about seven years, so seven, eight years. Um, and then Claire's been with us since the beginning of this year. And then I've got another lady, Hayley, who works freelance for us. Um, but we all have worked in HR for years, so we, deliver, we all deliver the same as what each other would do. Which I think to have that trust in your team to be able to do that, I'm quite happy to leave the two of them to kind of, you know, the, the two mm-hmm. main ones to kind of go off and do the work. And that's, that's great. You know,
1: and how, it, it sounds like that your reputation is a really big driver in terms of you um, acquiring new customers. Yeah. Um, you know, through referral and reputation. How do you keep that integrity in your, because you're a service-based business, Yeah. Um, how do you make sure that you keep that consistency and integrity in the delivery of the service, regardless of who people are interacting with? I think, uh, I think we make sure that what we're delivering is right, I think
0: is the biggest point, because I... One of the things that kind of bothers me about HR is that someone like me could go in and I could be completely misadvising them. So we've come along and tidied up situations where HR consultants have gone in and Mm -hmm. misadvised and made a mess and and we've gone in and done that. So I think it drives you on the importance of it that's there. and I, th- I suppose it's just an element—it's it's that experience. But we also work with an employment law sister that we have on retainer. So if there's anything we're a little bit uncertain about, you know, a little bit more contentious, a little bit unusual, we know that we've got that advice there to be able to help us to be able to make sure that back to the service delivery is is correct. Um, and and what we need it to be like for, it's I suppose in essence what we want to deliver is what we would expect to be delivered. You know, so that's I think that's the way that we've always looked at it. So we will make sure. That people are happy with it, so we did actually just do a, a a client survey. Um, probably um summertime this year, we did a little client survey, and um and the the feedback's been great on it, which again just reinforces. Oh, actually, we're doing we're doing okay. We're doing a good job on what we're on what we're delivering on. So that's that's been helpful. Um, and then we have just won a couple of awards over the last few weeks. Um, so, best small business and best independent business. Wow. So, we've done Congratulations. two different things, two different areas. And um, one of the best independent businesses was to do with the Sunland Excellence Awards, and the best small business was to do with the Win Awards in Newcastle. Brilliant. Um, so, they've been great. And actually, the number of people that have seen that, and people who you know, but kind of on the peripheral, who've made the effort to come and say, God, you did fantastic, you know, well done, you really, you really deserve it, you know, the recognition, and that's, that's really good, but it also made me very aware of there's more people watch than what you realise, mm-hmm. you know, there's, a, there's that wider circle that maybe don't interact with you very often, but yeah, people watch and notice, and actually people who I would never have expected to make a comment, coming over and making that comment, I think, kind of really is good good from a business point of Lovely. view but yeah, yeah it's a really nice, reputation nice. Point.
1: and when you work so hard uh, you know sometimes you forget to congratulate yourself don't you you do uh-huh. particularly when you're a founder and you're at the your yeah. forefront of everything you forget to pause sometimes and look back uh-huh. and look at what you've created so I guess those instances are really rewarding from yeah. that perspective and I think I do, I do try to do that reflection
0: part of it I mean, you don't do it very often, but you do try to do the reflection part. And mm-hmm. I really wanted to, I mean, that perfect example, you know, and obviously winning those awards, you know, kind of giving some recognition to the to the team, you know, to kind of say well, this wouldn't happen if it wasn't for, for you guys doing what we do. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really important and making sure that that they're fully supported in what they do. But the reflection back is, it, and it is a really difficult thing to do, I think, to, to think about what you've done and what you've achieved and where you've come from. To where it is now,
1: um, I think I'll just take holidays instead. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. So, looking to the future, then, uh, what next for you and Oculus?
0: So, really, it's the it's the continuous growth. You know, it's still it's still about being able to grow. It's about we are moving into different sectors. So, we've just recently taken on um, the schools and colleges as well. So, they're oh, kind wow, of a different a big area, different isn't minefield. It? Yeah. Um, and, we, and really I suppose that will widen our experience so we deal with anything from kind of retail GP surgeries all the GP surgeries in Sunderland majority of them anyway that we deal with but it'll be kind of different industries. We're dealing with companies who are servicing boats in the middle of the, you know, the middle of the Indian Ocean. And things, you know. So we've got such a broad range of, you know, skills and industries. So I suppose in essence, it's just continuing to grow in that type of way. Um, and looking at the sectors and seeing actually, you know, there's there's a real potential there for us under the trust that we're working with and the college that we're working with that we can potentially grow more under the real those, specialism yeah, in that in those particular type of areas and. And there's so old systems that are in those areas. So actually, there's an element of, you know, we, we can make a difference here. We can update it. And, mm-hmm. and when these schools are all coming up together as being a trust, you know, ultimately, they haven't, they haven't got the resource to be able to have it in-house HR. So again, there's more potential there. There's, there's a lot more potential of growth. Um, to be able to work from as well so yeah there's there's a huge amount of opportunity that's still available for us as well
1: yeah and in a world that's changing dramatically in terms of you know individual behaviors and so on so uh really interesting in terms of uh people for people who are listening um what would you what advice would you give to anybody who's setting up Uh, a business in today's world either from your own kind of founder's perspective or from your profession perspective in terms of things to think about with reference to the people in your business I think from a from a business perspective kind of
0: setting up I think as we covered that at the beginning really having that a good support network you know getting out to to meet some people and and one of the things I do think is that you can be lonely it can be a lonely position that if you haven't got someone to be able to speak to and there are times where you think Actually, you're quite isolated and you're quite alone in that. So I think to be able to have that network will inevitably to be able to help people to grow um, and to be able to make a difference from it. So I think that's really important. And I think getting out to, to meet people and to be able to network whatever type of industry or sector that you, you're you working within, I think, to, to network with people to develop those relationships, I think, make a massive difference. I think from a people point of view, it's about from a HR element it's about getting it trying to get it right at the very beginning you know so some of the work that we do is somebody who's taken on the first employee and actually they just want to make sure it's right at the beginning and that I really support those employees because actually they just need a contract they just need some new starters so but again it's that reputation that actually somebody's coming into a business that hasn't got any other employees but they're started it off in the right way the journey starts off right for them as, as their employment journey so it's about making sure that from the beginning you get it right and get advice you know don't feel like you have to go out there on your own and do something you know get advice that you need to 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 be able to ensure that the decisions you're making are right and ask people love to give advice Mm -hmm. you know you don't have to take all the advice on but you know whether it's about hr or setting the business up just ask you know ask people ask you know gather some thoughts and and then make your decisions based upon with a more collective amount of information that's there as well
1: i guess uh the um Exciting bit about working with businesses that are just starting and taking on their first employee is all of that stuff you were talking about with reference to culture. Yeah, uh-huh, because is. lots of businesses have a culture they just don't recognise it, yeah, and uh-huh. it's because it's grown by default, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, uh-huh. just developed so, all the time, isn't it? Uh, and it's often based on the founder's own values and beliefs rather than a purposeful yeah, business or uh-huh. organisational culture. So there must be huge opportunities in there yeah. to help businesses get culture. Right, or beginning. you know, at yeah. least consciously uh, developed from the outset. Yeah,
0: and and I think if a business can think like that, because we do we deal with a lot of growth businesses as well. And actually, right. what you find sometimes with growth businesses is they've gone from two or three employees to twenty employees, and they don't really know how they've made that jump from there to there. But actually, they're just so focused on on the sales and the development of of the business that they actually don't really give much regard to the people. Mm-hmm. They don't think about you know have the people got the right information have they got the right documentation mm-hmm. are the people comfortable and happy in the workplace are the you know i'm not talking health and safety but it's safe in the workplace yeah. you know do they feel comfortable and i think sometimes growth businesses miss that out because right. because they've just they've just grown so fast and and nothing negative about that because obviously they've been focused on growing the yeah, business you're running actually, so fast to yeah you're yeah, and interestingly, without without plugging my podcast that I'm talking about here, but we've just done Look one away. with away. Well, just, we've just done one with um, which is going to be released in January time with um, Alice Hall, you know, from, yeah. she did Pink yeah. Boutique and then she's got Rowan Holmes now. Yeah. So I did one a couple of weeks ago with her, which is going to be released later. And that is all about culture. And it's about what she's done with her staff and really lessons learned from Pink Boutique, which was a massive growth business. It was, yeah, How huge. fast it grew, what happened with it. And then now to where she is now, and Rowan Holmes has grown massively and done very quickly, but she's sat back and took a different perspective on how she manages her people and, and just even a great thing that she did, which I saw on LinkedIn the day before was the day before was um Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and one of her members of staff was American, so they actually said, Right, can everybody everybody bring you know an American dish and we'll all have Thanksgiving dinner together at lunchtime. Brilliant. So when I said that to her, I think she thought, well, I don't know why she's making a fuss out of this. Mm-hmm. And but the reality is that that's huge.
1: That's you amazing. know, that's uh-huh. it's, it's like they say, isn't it? The little things often made the make differences. a big difference,
0: and just watching that and being interested in culture and how people react and behave, I just think things like that just touch touch base with people mm-hmm. really well. And that that lady felt fantastic because people took interest in her com- uh, culture and mm-hmm. where she's come from. But it's just been something little, isn't it? And actually, they've all sat around together and they've had you know they've had dinner together, and it was the day before Black Friday, obviously, which was like the busiest day of the year as yeah, well. Sure. So they took time out to do it, um, but only half an hour or an hour. But it's made a difference to people. Yeah. So I think there's so many elements that you can fit into it.
1: Well, I need to ask uh, before we wrap up, um, what are you gonna surprise your husband with then for his fiftieth, given you surprised him with starting a new business for his fortieth? <laughs> well, I
0: surprised him with a wedding saw. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh my coming goodness. In I'm feeling sorry for this poor man
0: now. <laughs> no, so the surprise was, what I have told him about now is we're going to the Caribbean on a cruise. Lovely. So um, You're not going to
1: start up another business no, no, or anything I like another that? Business, no, no, so no. So, uh,
0: I've booked a cruise in the Caribbean and my son's 18 a couple of days later, so he's the kids are coming as well. Wow. So, um, so um, 15, 18 within within like 10 days. So Party we're on. But at least he
1: can breathe easily. He can breathe You're easy. not going well, do to do anything complacency. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel there's probably something brewing, brewing. in your back pocket. <laughs> there louise yeah, i've got no
0: to be honest so i would i would never say i would never do so i think the, the thing about hr is i'm passionate about and I, and I love what we do and and what we can deliver um but i would never say it, never you know i would love to be able to have other things that we can do and kind of branch out and i think in essence you can do that once you get the really good team and that's where i feel like we're very much at, that i can take a couple of weeks off and go on holiday and and be very comfortable to be able to do that as well so yeah that's that's brilliant well, listen,
1: Louise, I can't thank you enough for your oh, time. Thank you very much, your I really appreciate it. Your passion for being an entrepreneur as well as a expert in, and, uh, in people, people. Uh, <laughs> comes through in spades and it's been a really, really interesting uh, story to hear about. So I really appreciate your time. Well, Thanks well thank very you very much.
0: much for inviting me as well. So it's been really good. Thank you.
1: So that was Louise Kennedy there talking us through her journey from corporate life to running her own HR services business after taking the leap in 2013. It has reinforced for me the importance of organisational cultures and that often businesses end up with an accidental culture as they emerge even if they're not proactively developed and invested in. Louise was also really clear that she believes the expectation and behaviours of employees, whether existing or future, and what they expect from an employer has changed significantly in recent years, and that's not going to go away. Therefore, the need for employers to be able to differentiate themselves through culture and being clear about what they stand for, as well as what they do, is crucial to attracting and retaining talent. Louisa's story also reminded me of the importance to step outside of your business and the value of networks. It is clear that Louise and Oculus have benefited enormously from the supportive relationships she has fostered through networking with peers, but also that it's generated many practical sales opportunity as her personal and business reputation has grown. I'm left in no doubt that Louise isn't stopping there. She's definitely caught the entrepreneurial bug and I'll look forward to seeing what she has in store next.